want to begin by posing this question. How do we know whether or not we have really celebrated Christmas? How do we know? It seems like a particularly relevant question to ask in a year like this when so many of the things that we would normally be doing, we can't do. And so many of the people that we would normally want to see, to celebrate with, we can't get with. And so what, what does that leave us with? How do we know whether or not we have really celebrated Christmas? Is it coming to a church service and reading the Christmas story and singing carols? Is it gathering around a Christmas tree and exchanging gifts? Is it eating certain food? Is it gathering with certain people? What is it? It's an expression we sometimes use in our family, we're going to do Christmas. And by do Christmas, like we're going to do Christmas with Holly's family and then we'll do Christmas with my family, what we typically mean is we gather around the tree, we exchange gifts, and we enjoy a meal together. Maybe your family says something similar. So is that Christmas? And once we've exchanged all the gifts and we've had our meal and it's time to part ways, then Christmas is over? Is Christmas just a day on the calendar? What we see in the Scripture, when we go back to the very first Christmas, is that we can do all of those things. We can come to church. We can exchange gifts. We can gather with family and friends. We can enjoy a meal. We can do all of those things and still not celebrate Christmas. We may have celebrated to be sure, but not necessarily Christmas. What we see in the Scripture is that Christmas, first and foremost, is something that happens in your heart. Christmas is something that happens in your heart. That's where Christmas happens. And what we need to remember is that it happens wherever and whenever a person's heart receives the gift of all gifts, the gift of love's pure light, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where Christmas happens. That's when Christmas happens. And I pray that it would happen for you this Christmas. No matter how much is different, no matter what you can't do, no matter how limited you may feel, I pray that Christmas would really happen for you because you receive the gift of love's pure light, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take another look at the story of the first Christmas and notice a few things. The first is that Christmas is addressed to the heart. Christmas is addressed to your heart and to my heart. And when the Bible describes the heart, the Bible is not primarily describing your feelings. 
the heart, as defined biblically, is the center of who you are. It's the center of what you think and how you think. And it certainly includes emotions, it includes who you love and how you love, but it also includes your inner thought life, the center of who you are. And Christmas, the Christmas message of what God has done in Christ, the Word become flesh and dwelling amongst us, is addressed to your heart. Notice what the angel says to these shepherds. They're out in a field doing their job at night. Imagine how sleepy they must have been. And an angel of the Lord appears to them and says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Underline that word joy. Great joy for you and for all the people. And if there is one thing that your heart longs for and that my heart longs for, it is joy. We want joy. We want joy at Christmas and we want joy all the time and especially when we're facing dreary and disheartening days. Our heart craves joy and that is exactly what the angel says happens because of the birth of this Savior, the Messiah. When the great company of angels joins in the chorus, they say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That is God's favor, peace. Oh, how our heart wants peace. When our hearts are restless and disturbed, Maybe in the midst of all the hustle and bustle of trying to make Christmas happen, right? Make sure we've cooked everything, we've wrapped everything, we've bought everything. Peace. Both peace in your heart and your mind. Peace with other people. Vertical peace with God and horizontal peace with your neighbor. Our hearts long for this peace. And if you continue reading the story, baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph encounter an old man named Sibion in the temple. And here's what he has to say about the Christ child in Luke 2, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, and don't miss this, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Jesus, in his person and what he does, reveals the condition of your heart and my heart. And how we receive this gift or whether we don't receive the gift. He reveals the condition of your heart. And what we need to know about Christmas and this God who has chosen to send his one and only son to be born as one of us. 
to show his love, not to good people, but to sinners like you and like me. We need to know that this package comes with a note. And on the to line, it says, to Dane's heart, and you fill in the blank, to your heart from God. This is a gift that is packaged carefully and precisely for your heart to give you the joy that you're craving, to give you the peace that you long for. Do you want that? It's available. Christmas, the God who became one of us in order to save us, has addressed it to your heart. And because it's addressed to the heart, we also see that Christmas must be received by the heart. It must be received by the heart. Once the shepherds are convinced that something really has happened, they want to go check it out. They're not commanded to go check it out, but they want to go check it out. They say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurry off to see this sign, which, unless the angels had told them, they wouldn't think anything of. So what? There's a baby. So what? There's no guest room available for this family, and they had to lay their baby in a manger, an animal trough. Nothing extraordinary about that, but that is a sign for these shepherds. They go, they hurry, and they see everything exactly as they have been told. And then notice what they they do next. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then later we're told that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God, doing the exact same things that the angels had been doing, echoing the chorus of heaven in their lives and what they said, because everything was just as they had been told. And while we're not told this specifically, that, that their hearts have been changed or that their hearts have received the gift, we know what Jesus says a little later in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 6 Verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Nothing will come out of you that isn't already in you. And our fundamental problem as human beings isn't really out there in the world. We can shake our heads all we want to at the headlines. We can shake our heads at politicians, whether we like them or not. We can shake our heads at all the problems in the world, but fundamentally, the problem in the world is me, and it's you. Because of our hearts and our hearts' rebellion against a holy and righteous God in choosing to go our own way and refusing to live in obedience to what He has commanded. That's your story and it's my story. But praise be to God, He has not left us to what we have chosen for ourselves. He has sovereignly 
and freely intervened by sending his very own son to do for you, to do for me, what we could never do for ourselves. It's addressed to your heart, and your heart must receive it. The gift of love's pure light. Pure light. A light that cannot be eclipsed. A light that cannot be extinguished. A light that burns purely for sinners. That shows us love has a name. Mercy has a name. Grace has a name. And that name is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He, His person, He is love's pure light. And He can come and dwell in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, when you say, yes, I need what only He can do for me, well, that's when Christmas has happened. That's when Christmas has happened. And you'll know it's happened because you'll be like the shepherds. You've got to tell somebody about it. Can you imagine if we had the same enthusiasm about Jesus as we do about the gifts we receive? If we said, this is the gift I need, and it can't be put in a box, it can't be wrapped up, it has to penetrate my heart. Has your heart received this gift or not? Christmas is addressed to our heart. It must be received by our heart. And Christmas must be kept in your heart. It must be kept in your heart. Look at the example of Mary in verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. We've been tracking Mary's story from the time the angel Gabriel appeared to her and told her, you are going to give birth to the Messiah. And even though you're not married yet, the Holy Spirit is going to accomplish this in a unique, miraculous way. And she says, yes, may it be to me just as you have said, even knowing all the shame and the scorn that that may bring on her life. She's continuing to learn more as she continues to receive what this God is doing in her life. And now, some shepherds have shown up and marveled at this child. They're saying great things about this child. They're saying angels appear to us. God is doing something unique here. God is setting in motion a plan to save the world, however strange it may be. And what does Mary do? She treasures up all these things and ponders them in her heart. Christmas happened for Mary. Notice we're not told that when they found the manger. She lays her baby in this manger. We're told all of those things. It's now. Now the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together. Now she's starting to realize the full significance of her son. 
and who He is and what He will do. That He is a Savior. A Savior. Not to save from political enemies. Not to save from financial hardships. Not to save from emotional turmoil. But to save from sin. The same sin that is lurking in your heart and in mine. As much as we don't want to talk about that, we don't want to think about that, this is what we need. And we have not celebrated Christmas. Christmas has not happened in your life. No matter how many festivities you participate in, no matter how many times you've heard this story, no matter how many messages you hear, it has not happened until it reaches your heart and your heart is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christmas must be kept in the heart, treasured in the heart. And the good news about that is if you receive this, if you receive the gift of love's pure light, Christ Jesus himself, well, this isn't something that can be kept in a store. This isn't something that can be kept in an attic or closet or garage This can be kept in your heart. And if it can be kept in your heart, then it will linger long beyond December 25th. Because in the midst of a year like this, and as we enter an unknown year with uncharted territory, a year like none of us has ever lived through before, We're going to need something when those decorations come down. We're going to need something to sustain us after all the presents have been opened. We're going to need something strong to help us persevere in the face of uncharted waters. And praise be to God that we have exactly what we need because of what God has done, because of what God is doing right now in your heart and in my heart, and because of what we believe God will do one day when this same Jesus, this same Savior, this Messiah returns to this earth to finish what he began. But until that day, may Christmas happen for you. May we keep Christmas in our hearts. May we treasure it for what it really is and for the transformative power of what God does in and through it. And may these candles that we're about to light stand as a symbol of what God has done in your heart and in your life. These battery-operated candles certainly don't have the elegance of our usual symbol when we light real candles. But they are certainly just as effective a symbol to show us that the light of the world, the Word made flesh, the light, the true light that has come into the world that darkness cannot snuff out, that same light can be present in your life, and in your heart. And with that light, 
May we enter the next year with hope, with confidence, with faith, and with joy. It's a very simple thing. I invite you to light your candle as we enter into this time of singing Silent Night, Holy Night. You can remain seated during this time, but we invite you to reflect on these words so that you might have a holy and sacred Christmas as well.